Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short term plans at uh1.com. Today is Friday with friends, and I have a new friend, Calvin Tucker, on with me today. On Instagram, his name is Black Noah, which is a moniker he has adopted for himself after becoming a huge animal rescuer. He first disliked cats greatly and talks to me about how he overcame that dislike to become a huge lover of cats and a huge rescuer. I so enjoyed our talk today, so please listen and follow Black Noah. Welcome, Calvin. I'm so happy to have you on the show today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. First of all, I want to start off with, I really have to struggle to call you Calvin because I know you so well as Black Noah from Instagram. Right. Can you tell us what was the journey to becoming Black Noah? Basically, the way that started, I did not like cats at all. Hate is a very strong word, but Mm -hmm. I would go so far as to say I really hated cats. I did not like them. They were too sneaky. I was allergic to them. You know, I had every excuse in the book not to like cats. If you had cats, I would not visit you. I didn't want the hair getting on my clothes. And basically, one day, January, I mean, November 15th, 2015, I was getting ready to leave work, getting ready to leave my shift. And when I went out to put my book bag in my car, There was a little gray kitten sitting by my car. And the way he looked at me, you know, I've tried to explain it to everybody. I tried to explain. I can't put it into words, the emotions that ran through me. When I just looked at that little guy, he was about four months old. And he just looked up at me with the, I don't know, with the saddest eyes. And I just felt something in me I had never, ever felt in my life. And it made me. You know, I, I, I fed him for about 45 days. He went on to become Henry. The reason that I do this every single day, um, he now lives with me as well as three other cats. So I went from hating cats to living with four cats to telling people why they should like cats. That's people like my, myself in the past. I, would, I, I now tell them, hey, how cool cats are. I also feed close to 100 cats seven days a week. My TNR'd over seven, 650 cats. That's getting them spayed and neutered. That's trapped, neuter, return. So I, I've t- TNR'd over 650. I found homes for 140. And I just trapped a pregnant mom two days ago so she can have her babies inside. Once they're weaned, then she'll get spayed. 
I've gotten homes for 40 dogs. I've rehomed. I found homes for two alpacas as well as an emu that was in um, Aniana, Alabama. So that's how I took on the moniker of, of Black Noah because basically I rescue everything. I've rescued birds, wasps, bees, you name it. I've rescued it. And Henry is the sole purpose of why I do this every day. One little great kitten changed my whole life. Oh my gosh, what a story. And that sounds like he's truly, he's he's an angel. He's He was like the cat representative. You know, it's like cat needed, he needed some, the cats needed some good PR. So, you know, he it's it's funny how that happens. And I think that you are so, I mean, you're so noble and compassionate, but having actually that background where you didn't like them is even more of a powerful story because I think there's a lot of people out there who misunderstand animals. Some of that is taught, you know, by parents who who had a bad experience or who were also taught, you know, my mom grew up in Mississippi and she is a huge animal lover. She has, she's like you, she she collects the cats and rescues them, works at a shelter. So I was always raised loving animals and having them in my home. But she was raised where they weren't allowed in the house. They were considered just property or objects that did something for you. Like you got milk from a cow. The cats were there to get rid of mice. There, That was the purpose. There was not any kind of emotional attachment. And she, of course, fell in love with all the animals and made a commitment to have animals as part of her family going forward. And I, I think that those kind of like transitions, transformations like you had with Henry are really powerful. Do you find that when you tell your story for people who do dislike cats a lot or even dislike dogs, or do, does that have a huge impact on them? You would be surprised how many people I've converted. Not even trying because I don't believe in pushing things on people. You know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer of God, but you would never see me pushing religion on people. Well, you model it. You're modeling it, Calvin. That's, that's how I think it should be. People should, should see it in your actions, not your words. So with that said, I've had people recently come to mind, this little young guy. He was telling me he lives two doors down from where I feed. I feed at an abandoned house. There's a colony of about seven or eight cats there. And he's always cordial. He's a little young guy. He's maybe in his early 20s. I would say 21, 22. And, you know, one day, you know, we would always speak or whatever, but that was the extent of that. Just wave and how you doing? That's it. But one day he just came to me recently about three weeks ago and he was saying, man, you know, I heard a cat last night and it was just, it was just crying and crying and crying all night. And he said, man, I hate cats, man. Like, I, I hate them. Like, I don't like him. I don't like him to be around. And he said, this cat just kept crying. And he said, I've been seeing you coming over here for every day for like six months. So I just got up to go outside and see. He said it was about two in the morning to see what was wrong. And he said, the only reason I, I did that because I just see you doing it every day. So I just wanted to make sure the cat was okay. And right then and there, I was like, something just sparked in him. You know, right. something happened for you to get up at two o'clock and you say you hate cats and this cat is crying under your house and you go out to check. Obviously, there's some level of concern there. So with that said, we talked and, you know, I told him how I hated cats and how Henry, I showed him pictures of Henry 
I showed him news footage of me on every single news station locally, radio stations, showed him my Instagram. And I just said, this cat did all of this. One cat changed my whole life. Mm. And he said, you know what, man? I'm going to go buy a bag of food in the days you can't make it. Even though I see you every day, if you call me, just let me know if you're sick and I'll feed them for you. I was like, wow. He just told me in the beginning of the conversation how he hated cats. But just watching me, never even speaking, except for throwing our hands up, waving, that's it. And, you know, just, just, and my mom always tell me, people observe you even when you think they're not. So obviously, like I said, this, this young man had seen me every day feeding rain, whatever. He saw me out there feeding and obviously it sparked something in him. Uh, yes, and you're and you're right. You're demonstrating it. You're modeling it. And in terms of religion or not, but religion, you know, in the Bible, it really talks about having dominion over animal. And that's often Proverbs, mis- that's Proverbs a- twelve and ten. Right, and it's often misinterpreted as meaning like they are lower on the chain than us. We ha- it's like an oppressive, but it's actually the dominion is that we have a responsibility to be kind and nurture them because they are voiceless. They don't communicate in the same way we do. We, And then, of course, so many of these homeless cats and dogs don't have the capability to kind of pull themselves up by their bootstraps and, you know, get a home and get... They're, they're really vulnerable. And I think that's probably what you saw in Henry's eyes, that sadness and that vulnerability. And that was an act of godliness, of, of, of having dominion and saying, I can help. And by doing that, and this is what's so amazing and magical about animals and animal rescuing, is you actually, you end up getting so much more in return. Henry actually rescued me instead of the other way around. You know, like I said, not on, he just, I've always been a good person, but he opened up another level of compassion in me that didn't exist. You know, I was, I've, I've always been a good person, but I could be cold at times to certain things. I could turn a blind, you know, I've, I'm pretty sure I've passed thousands of cats in my life and I wouldn't help them. I did not help them. And now it's just, you know, I often talk to God about what if I would have had this level of compassion and the drive that I have now. I mean, because in three years, Three years, over 650 spayed and neutered, 140 cats homes, 40 dogs homes, two alpacas and an emu. That's three years. I think that's pretty good. That's amazing. But I often ask God, what if if this would have been going on for 20 years? And he always tell me the same thing. Wasn't going to be obedient then. So I chose you when you was obedient and you was ready. Oh and gosh. so that's why I don't take this lightly. And that's why I take this serious. That's why I'm out here every single day. As I just told you, my um, niece, and, I mean, my nephew and my sister tested positive for COVID. I just got tested twice today, negative. But I'm my body is aching like crazy. And she told me I need to do a 14-day quarantine. But I still left the doctor's office and went and fed 90 cats mm. after her telling me, go home. And my body is aching from... Feels like I got the flu, but um, I, I still had to go feed and I'm going to go feed again tomorrow. I'm, I'm not around anybody. All my cats are isolated, but I can't stop not feeding my cats. It's not going to happen. 
I love that. That is truly, you, you are truly Noah. I can imagine, I would love to see that scene of, of all these cats coming up when you come in to feed them. And for people that are not aware, that are like, well, why are those cats out there? Over the years, they've different animal organizations, rescuers, educators have realized that actually when a feral colony is, is already in place, it's very hard for, to make a lot of those cats adoptable. And so if you neuter and spay them so they won't continue to propagate more kittens and then feed them, that's actually one of the most humane things to do because to take them in the shelter and put them in a cage, a lot of them would freak out. And then some are, not that they couldn't be, but they're very, they just aren't going to be readily adoptable because they are, they're wilder. But even those, they can still come close. I'm sure they come close to you. But for anybody who's wondering why that exists, this is a very, very organized coalition of people who do TNR work. And it's, it's, it's huge because the largest problem is the continuation of um, animals having babies, and so with getting into that, getting into that cycle is is a massive success. And then continuing to feed the ones who are out there. Right. Now, take us through when you're not in this kind of flu-like feeling. What is like a typical day like for you? I mean, I'm pretty sure you probably have to be pretty organized to have this the coordination. But as I've seen on your Instagram, you're always looking and finding. And like you said, you, they just, they're there. Your, your eyes are open. But what's a typical day like when you're, or the things that you have to do, and then I'm sure all kinds of rescues come up in front of you. I actually just posted a video of a, a day, it's called A Day in the Life of Black Noah on, on, on my YouTube page. Oh. And I, I get asked that so many times. So I just posted, I had a camera guy, he followed me around. And he followed me to every stop and saw me pick up cats and release them. But a typical day is um, I'll try to leave the house about 11 o'clock. I'll make my first stop, which is maybe only about a mile from mile and a half from my house. I'll feed those cats. Um, there's three in that colony. From there, I'll hit 459, the interstate. I'll travel about 20 minutes, and I will feed another location with about nine or 10 cats at that location. I'll then travel maybe another three or four minutes and feed another location, which has about six or seven cats. I'll then jump back in the car and travel maybe about another five minutes, and I'll feed another location that has about nine cats. Back in the car, another location. That location, there's about four cats. From there, back in the car. <laughs> then we will travel about 25 minutes and I'll feed a colony of about 12 cats. From there, it's back in the car and I'll travel about another 15 minutes and I'll feed a colony of about 15 cats. From there, it's spread it out in this same little area, but within, I would say, two miles, I feed three different colonies. They're very small, one being three cats, one being one cat, and one being about four cats. From there, I jump back in the car and I head to three more locations and total those locations probably have about 
maybe 20 to 25 cats combined between those three locations. Now, also, I'll do TNR on top of that. So I keep my traps with me. You know, Mondays and Tuesdays um, are the two days that I'll trap. So not only I do everything that I just, all the feeding I just mentioned, but also after the feeding, then I will sit up at one of my locations that I notice that needs to be, have some TNR work done. So I'll set my traps up and I've had success of trapping two cats within three minutes. I've sit at some locations for five or six hours and trap nothing. Right. And so it's just a waiting game. I'm a very patient man. So I've been known to wait cats out six, seven hours and I've gotten that cat. I waited five or six hours and got nothing. And right. I, like I said, I pulled up and set two traps. And before I could even walk back to the car, I heard both doors go down. So, you know, then you have to drive across town to drop them off before the clinic closes at 4.30 so they can catch intake. And then from there, you know, it's back home with my boys. <laughs> right now, right now, I'm, I had spinal fusion surgery September the 9th, so I'm still out on, on doctor's orders. I'm doing physical therapy three times a week. So right now, I'm not working. I go back to the doctor February 5th, and then he'll clear me, I'm pretty sure, to go back to work. So right now I have a lot of more time than I would because a real normal day in the life of Black Noah would be everything I just mentioned. However, getting off at 7 a.m. and then starting that at 11 a.m. Because I work from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. So I work overnight, come home, take me a two-hour nap, shower, and then I'm out to do everything I just told you. And to go back to work that night. <laughs> wow, that's a full day. So, would you in your would you like to uh, retire from work and just do this full time in your ultimate dream? It's gonna happen. That's that's gonna happen this year, twenty twenty one. Yes, definitely. good, most, most definitely. This is oh. gonna be full time. Now, at all those different colonies, when you're talking about these numbers, will you recognize when someone isn't around, like someone doesn't show up? Yeah, always, and, and it bothers me. Um, when you feed them every single day, you know your cats. You know, I, I try to name every single one of them. They're just not cats out there, you know. They have different personalities, so I give them names. Yeah, when you when you notice, it can be a colony of 15, and I know there's one that's missing because he may be that little curious one that, at, at, at one of my stops now, there's a little tuxedo that I'm very worried about. Hadn't seen him in a while mm -hmm. and, you know, been looking and that's not like him. But that that area kind of leads to a, a dangerous road. And I patrolled that area and made sure I didn't see him hit or anything. But I've also seen a lot of owls and hawks over there. Right. Yeah. And that's the problem. I mean, with outdoor cats, you know, their lifespan is so much shorter than indoor cats. I mean, so obviously indoor cats' lives are going to uh, be, they're just going to naturally have a longer lifespan because they don't have all these elements to contend with. So that's also challenging. But having these locations, you know, some of it is also searching, looking for food. So if they always know their food is in a safe location, that can really, really minimize some of those risks. Exactly. 
So do, do you have any volunteers? Like, so tell us a little bit about this organization because I'm sure as you become more and more popular and well-known, I know you get food supplies from people as well, but how can people help you? How can they either donate or donate their time? Or is it too overwhelming right now to have a lot of other people, a lot of other cooks in the kitchen? Basically, I'm a loner. I like being... I get more things... You're the perfect cat person then. (laughs) I get more things done when it's just me. Of course, I need help. Like I have, you know, a few fosters. You can't operate without fosters. Yeah. Um, I get a lot of people like, hey, we need, you know, hey, we can help you. I got two women that if I'm absolutely down and out, like when I had, well, actually there's four women. When I had my back surgery, they was there. You know, they covered all my locations for me, you know, but I try not to use them unless it's an emergency, like back surgery. Because (laughs) as you can see, I just left the clinic from getting tested and thank God it was negative, but my body is aching like I got the flu and I'm hoping that's what it is, the flu. Uh, they did two swabs and they did blood work. She says she sees nothing, but my body is aching, but I still left and fed 90 cats and I'll do it again tomorrow with this, you know, sore throat, all of that. That's just me. I fed with pneumonia. I fed with double walking pneumonia. I fed with the flu. I fed with balls under my arm. And your back? Your back obviously must have been in a lot of pain for you to have spinal fusion. For two years. And then after my surgery, I had surgery September 9th. I have eight screws in my back and two titanium cages. And by September 24th, I was back out feeding and rescuing. Mm. Probably a little too soon. Right, right. You're on a, you are on a mission, truly. You're on a mission. Text me. I have a guy who I met a couple of months ago. He feeds four stops for me. And I, I help him with some things like donating food for him and his colonies. So he's right there at my at four mine. So we help each other out like that. But you know, basically I, I have a few fosters. I have a couple of people that feed stops for me if I need, you know, if I'm sick or down. And basically I like it that way. I like to go see my cats every single day. Especially right. when I'm not working right now with my back. So, you know, I just I get more done because the more people I've seen how some people operate and it's just too many like you say, chefs in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And to me, I don't like it. I don't like it done like that. You know, when when this starts to grow, you know, my nephew and my sister is going to be my help. And I think that's all I'm basically That's wonderful. Yeah. Besides, besides my, a, a couple of fosters. And I'm, I'm, I'm really close to the process of purchasing a small sanctuary. It's not going to be large like you can have 70 dogs there. Or, you know, this, you know, 10, 15 acres. It's going to be small, a house on a couple of acres, and we'll privacy fence the backyard for the dogs. And they'll have these, this, this really big, you know, little, well, kind of a small barn that they can stay in when it's cold. It'll have a- AC and heat, the whole nine. The cats that I rescue, they'll live downstairs until I adopt them. That's my vision, and that's what God is putting together. And I'm close. I think that should happen probably within the next 60 to 90 days. You ask how people could donate. If they're not following me on Instagram at Black Noah One, if they're following me there, they could click on the link in my bio and they can donate there. Otherwise, they can donate through PayPal and Venmo, and I can give you the 
addresses to those, or I don't know if you want to link them. I don't. I don't know how you. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll link them in the show notes so you can send those to me. So everybody look in the show notes because I know animal rescuing is obviously it's heart work. It's truly heart work. Me and it's hard work, but it's really from the heart. And the, Wait, I work yeah. with kids with autism. I work two jobs. I work with kids with autism. Mm. I work with adults with mental health. I tell people all the time, rescue is harder than either one of those jobs. Mm-hmm. It's, it's harder than either one of those jobs. And working with kids, that's, you know, that's, I love working with kids. I love working with kids. Like that's, that's heartwarming to me. But working with animals and, and rescuing all of these animals that I am and, and the large quantities that I am, it's, it's much harder than either of the jobs. And, and working with the adults with mental health, with schizophrenia, psychosis, things of that nature, rescue is still harder than that, in my opinion. It is. I've known so many animal rescues over the years. And it is it is 24-7 and you're just really working. So donating when you can't rescue yourself, but you're very inspired is, is so important to do. Rescuers have the second highest rate of suicide mm. in the country. Wow. I think I read behind firemen. They mm. have the the, the second highest rate of suicide. Well, you know, it's interesting, Noah, you said that because I did a little, I did some public speaking at a veterinarian conference and the whole, the veterinarian conference, it was actually a veterinarian, it's called the Vet Fest. It's in the UK. And I was one of their speakers and they wanted me to talk about you know, just some positive stuff because the vets are one of, are the highest in the medical field. And so I think there's probably the, and what I asked the vets about it, it was this this whole thing of like not being able to save all of the animals, having to deal with the humans. <laughs> it's it's ironic and also terrible to think about that rescuers and vets are so high on that list of suicide. But it, it's got to be just that you see a lot and there's heartwarming stuff, but there's also sad stuff as well. If you're a rescuer, if you're an animal rescuer or, you know, animal, you're an animal activist, if your heart... If you're boots on the ground, let me say that, because a lot of people just, you know, I know a lot of people who've done it so long, they're kind of removed from it, um, even though they have a rescue, but they're not out there anymore. But if you're boots on the ground and you don't go home with your heart broken every single day, probably need to get out and do something else right. because you got to have the compassion. I mean, if you, I mean, I, every day my heart is broken, every single day. And I, I don't even know how I got strength to just keep going day after day after day after day when I know that I'm going to see something in the course of this day that's going to break my heart. Whether it's I pull up and there's a, a, a cat that's no longer with us, that's deceased, that I have to bury, you know, really bad eye infection. I haven't seen one in a couple of weeks and he shows back up with really bad eye infections where the eyes are basically glued together with green matter. And, you know, he scampers off in the woods and I can't get him. So now I'm thinking about him all night and, you know, I got to get the trap. I got to be there at 6 a.m. to trap him. And, you know, that's every single day at every, you know, you're not going to have as many colonies as I do and something not goes wrong in the course of a day. Right. You know, that's just, it's just impossible. Yeah. And so speaking of heartbreaking and yet heartwarming, I saw on your Instagram, I think it was last week, probably on your way to feed the cats, you came across a possum that had been hit in the road. 
and you stopped and you rescued it, which again, many people would probably just drive right by. Can you tell me a little bit about that rescue? And, and, and I guess the, foot, the footnote I should add is that the, the possum lived. He actually will be released this Saturday. We postponed it. Um, I just talked to her. I'm picking him up Saturday evening. We're going to release him, you know, right at dark since they are nocturnal. Basically, I was just, it was, God takes me to so many situations. I wasn't supposed to even be there, you know. Hmm. Uh, wasn't supposed to even be there. I've been going over my sister's house now for, she's lived at this location for 10 years. I've been going over there every single week for 10 years. But yet and still, I turn one turn after her turn. Never did that in my wow. life. I never did that in 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. Never. Like, I know where my sister lives at. I go <laughs> a couple of times a week. So, all of a sudden, this particular day, I get lost and turn <laughs> one left over. And there he was, just going in circles in the middle of the road. And he was getting closer and closer to this busy intersection. So, I pulled my car out in the road, blocked traffic. I put my hazards on because he was not dying that day on my watch. And, you know, I called my vet. I had a vet appointment. I called my vet and I told my vet, hey, you know, I was going to pick up the kittens. I was supposed to be there right now. I'm going to be a little late. I'm standing in the road with a possum. And the first thing the vet tech said, we already know you out doing something with an animal. Just get here when you can. I said, cool, thanks. I said, I'm probably going to have a possum with me now. <laughs> so, you know, she said, we're going to call animal control. And I was like, well, cool, because I know the animal control person. So she came, you know, I blocked traffic for him for about 15 minutes. She came when she pulled up. She was like, they're going to probably put him down. And I say, no, they're not. I've already talked to him. They know I'm bringing him. So I brought him and he got a steroid shot. He got an antibiotic shot and he got some pain meds and he had a gash up under his chin and he had road rash. So he had gotten hit. He's been at the Wildlife Rehabilitation Center for a couple of weeks now. He is healed. He's eating. She has been keeping in touch with me every mm. other day, letting me know how he's doing. And she said he's, he's ready to go back. So Saturday, I will pick him up. I named him Melvin. <laughs> I will pick Melvin up Saturday and he'll get released about 5, 5.30. You know, it gets dark here about five o'clock. So he'll be released about 5.30, somewhere in there. And, you know. I love that. Hopefully Melvin will have a good life. Calvin and Melvin. I love that, Calvin, because, you know, it really shows you no, there is no act that's too small. And I'm not saying that's not a small act, but that so many people would go past a bird in the road that's hopping around or fluttering. That You know, an animal that has been injured and I don't think it's that they're, it's probably just they're not paying attention or they wouldn't know what to do, but just doing something, do something again for these vulnerable um, creatures is just, it's so important. I agree. And the last thing I want to ask you about are the dogs. Cause I do know you also, I, I know cats are your, obviously your main gig, no animal is off your list, and, but I've really seen what you've been doing with dogs, these really underfed dogs that were chained and releasing them from chains. So how do you determine when you get involved, when you see dogs that are not strays, but are obviously not being treated well? As soon as I see them on chains and, and, and not being fed, 
skins and bones, I can get it involved. Okay. I'm involved right then. Mm-hmm. So I'm never going to pass by. I've knocked on hundreds of doors. You know, people and my mom and my friends get nervous about me knocking on doors. You never know what's going to, but I don't worry about that. Like, I have no fear. The only thing I fear is God. So, you know, I've knocked on doors and out of those 40 dogs that I've gotten homes for, I'm going to venture to say about 35 of those came from the abuse, um, abuse and neglect situations. So basically, with those three dogs, the pits that you mentioned, mm-hmm. they did not want to give them up. But, you know, continued pressure on them made them surrender them to me. So they're now at my vet. All three of them, all three of them has heartworms. Their heartworms positive, which can be treated, but it's not a great thing. When I found them, they had no shelter. I took them three dog houses. I took straw to them. I went by every day, some days, twice a day, and fed them. And the owners, they basically just didn't care about them. Mm -hmm. Yet they wanted to breed them, but they won't give them basic necessities like shelter. Then you got them on these big chains that are thicker than my arm that's used to pull motors out of cars that weigh 10, 15, 20 pounds. And you think that's cool, but I'm stopping that. You know, I've shut down dog, I've shut down a dog fighting ring in my in my city. Mm. Bessemer, Alabama is is terrible when it comes to dog. We could drive 50 blocks. And on 45 of those blocks, we're gonna see chained up dogs at several different houses. It's terrible down here. No, I was going to ask you, because I do know certain you know parts of the country, and I'm from the South, our dog that we rescued uh, or we adopted from a rescue organization it is from Georgia. And there's just this whole kind of train of animals that come up in these rescue organizations, and so many of them are from the South. So is that also part of your mission? I'm sure you're not going to put that off, that you would accept anything. But that is a that is like, again, t- kind of changing people's minds about how what an what a dog is, you know, because they're really treating a dog like property and and not even good property. So with that, with the three pit bulls situation, enough pressure made them say they would surrender to me. A couple of days before that happened, I met because there's always a lot of guys at this particular house. It's a house where a lot of no good stuff is going on. At. Mm-hmm. So I'm going by every day. I know half of the guys there. I grew up in the city. They know me. But this, this nephew shows up. I've never seen him before. He's young. And once again, God, he's young, but he's really, really concerned about one of the dogs telling his uncle, uncle, I'm going to get her. I'm going to breed her. So I'm talking to the uncle like, man, look, you already made me a deal. Let me get the dog. He's like, okay. I felt that night, I felt, I called the person who um, was going to help me transport. And I say, I just not, fit. this was Thursday night. I say, man, something, I just don't feel right. Like this, this guy was over there tonight and I think he's going to try to get this dog before we rescue him. Saturday, Friday morning, I go over, she's gone. There's only two dogs there. So the very next day, now I'm trying, well, Friday, I'm trying to locate the dog. Everybody's like, they don't know nothing. 
You know, they don't know where the dog went. She might have got a loose. And I'm like, she didn't get a loose. The collar is still on the chain. Somebody took off. So, but nobody knows anything. So to make a long story short, Friday, Saturday morning, we go get the other two. We take them to my vet. I call a third party in my city who basically, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, The Usual Suspects. Yes. <laughs> okay, so you, you're probably familiar with Kaiser Sose. Yes, yes. You know, Kaiser Sose was the guy. Yeah. Well, we have a Kaiser Sose here in Bellsman, <laughs> Alabama. Uh, he gets it done. Whatever. I mean, he makes a phone call. It happens. So basically, he made the phone call to where, you know, I found out the location of the dog. I found out who had the dog. I found out that they had bought the dog for 250 and that they were willing to negotiate so I can get the dog back. And a side note, hey, I don't know how much they're going to try to get off you. I know you're going to, you know, not let them make a fool out of you. But I did tell them at the end of the conversation, I don't care what the price is. The dog better go with you that day. I said, cool. So. I called the number and I get the nephew and the nephew says, hey, man, you know, yeah, such and such told me they gave you my number. I bought the dog last night for $250. I, I say, I heard, I say, let me give you $300, get her back. No, nah, that ain't going to work. So he said, you can give me $400. So to make a long story short, I didn't want to bargain with this dog life. This is a life to me. Mm-hmm. So I paid the $400. You know, I, I'm not going to play games and bargain and then have him renege and the dog ends up disappearing. So we met the next day. I gave him the 400 bucks. I got her. She's at the vet. So her life was worth way more than 400 to me. Oh, so my gosh. Well worth it. I didn't think second thoughts about paying that 400 for that dog. And I had only known her for three weeks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but that's how much animals mean to me. Well, Calvin, we need more people like you in the world. And I really do believe you you have some kind of special I know you have some kind of special role and and you're meant to be exactly where you are. And I see you doing many, many other things. So I want everybody here to go and follow Calvin Black Noah One on um Instagram. Where else can they find you? I know you said you have a YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. Um I will have to give you the link for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can find me at Twitter at BlackNoah23. And like you said, Instagram at BlackNoah1. Yeah, let's blow up your Instagram because that's a great way to... I'm sure you've gotten so many people that have gotten to know you and wanting to help. And you know, the best thing we can do to help is to donate and keep supporting you and the work that you're doing because you're out like, as you said, your, your, foot is on, your feet are on the ground each and every day. Every single day. And the donations have helped me so much. That's why I took on a second job when I first got into this three and a half years ago so I could make ends meet, have enough for my boys. I have four boys. But when I first started, of course, I was only feeding one or two cats. And then I don't go looking for the cats. <laughs> I just pull up at a random gas station or, or, or a restaurant and now my eyes are open. Now God has taken the veils off of my eyes because I'm pretty sure I pulled up at hundreds and hundreds, maybe a thousand or two restaurants in my 40 plus years of living. And I'm pretty sure I've seen cats there before. It was just I was ignorant and didn't care about them. And if they came up, I was going to shoo them off. I did it a lot of times. You know, get out of here, shoot. I wasn't going to hurt them, but I didn't like cats. 
Mm-hmm. And now it's like the gift and the curse because everywhere I go, there go two or three cats behind this dumpster. And I cannot walk You can't ignore door. them now. Yeah. <laughs> now you're number 18 on stop on the list. And then I go somewhere else and I see some. Now you're number 19 stop on the list every day. And that's how I went from one to 18 stops because, you know, I go somewhere, I see these cats, I feed them. I come back tomorrow. If they're still there, I feed them. If they're not, I still feed them to make sure that, you know, when I come back the next day, the food will be either there or not. And so, you know, that's how one colony grows and, and keeps growing and keeps growing. So people donate me, you know, as it's gotten so big and so many cats. Without the donations, it was it's in the vet bills. You know, I don't know if you see all the animals I have at my vet. Basically, I think I keep them open because I'm there. I'm there every seat. There's not a week goes by that I'm not at the vet. If wow. Maybe maybe a couple of weeks in the year. Right. Like every week I'm there because yeah. I'm always trapping something. <laughs> I'm always <laughs> rescuing something. And my mom always teases me and say, man, you're going to die from t- trying to save something. She said, I already knew it. You're going to die from trying to save some type of animal. But that's what I think you would love to do. I mean, you know. Like, Be a martyr. I w- exactly. Yeah. What a treat. What a treat it is to meet you. I have so enjoyed... Really, I just fell in love with your Instagram page and all you do on there. So please, everyone, go follow Calvin at Black Noah One and also donate because those donations are helping animals and helping you stay. You know, you have to stay energized as as hard as the work is. I, I know it comes back to your heart and just warms you up every time. Thomas, I... I rescue one or, you know, with like the pregnant mom, I got her Sunday. And I said, I told people on Friday night, I made a post and I said, I'm going to have her in 48 hours. I, I said that. Yeah. When, when I'm focused, I'm going to get my, my, my target. But Friday night, I posted pregnant mom and I said, I will have her in 72 hours. I did not even attempt to Saturday. And because I had so much going on, finding out about my sister and my my nephew that tested positive. So she wasn't my focal point. Sunday morning, I woke up like, this is the day I'm going. And then for me to go during the Baltimore Ravens game, I'm a huge Ravens fan. So oh, that's they're, love. <laughs> they're kicking off at 12. I'm pulling up at 12. So I'm in the car, you know, trying to trap this pregnant mom. But She's more, as much as I love the Ravens, I could not let that mom, and she looked like she's about to pop at any time. I could not let her have those kittens outside under a house in the cold. Mm-hmm. So I had told people I was prepared. I stopped and got me a cheese pizza. I'm vegetarian, so I don't eat meat. So I stopped and got me a large cheese pizza, a gallon of water, and I was prepared to sit there five, six, seven, eight hours until I caught her. Like I was going to get her that day. And it only took about an hour. Mm. She she wasn't there for about a, for about fifty minutes. She showed up, caught a little mouse, a mice, went next door, and then I say five minutes later she was in the trap, and I was headed south an hour and a half away to meet her foster. Mm. What a story! It's so wonderful to have those beautiful stories, and so keep sharing all of your work. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. This was such a treat, such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And thank you all for listening. And as always, I'm pulling for you. 
Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher.